So does your career energize you with life or does it drain you? Recent Gallup polls show that a whopping 70% of us feel disengaged in the workplace. There's just gotta be a better way. Welcome to our authentic careers where it is my job to uncover the ideas and strategies that can help you become better aligned with your career. I'm your host, Gert Sabar, and I interview people like you and me about the twists and turns in their career paths so that we can all achieve greater clarity, meaning, and fulfillment in ours. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining. This week, I have a fantastic open-hearted conversation with real estate guru and life coach, Rachel Adams. Awesome, Rachel. Thanks for taking the time and for agreeing to share your journey. Yeah, absolutely. So, Rachel, let's get started. Question number one for you. Do you ever think about the concept of purpose or mission or even what it is I'm meant to be doing here on this planet? I do. I think that for me, it's it's more defined as like what truly makes people tick. And I thought that I was brought here to like, you know, build real estate teams. And what I, I think I've realized is my purpose um, is really helping inspire people to lead their best life and their most you know, authentic life because my whole world changed when I embraced who I was and stopped kind of hiding behind this image of perfection and me sharing my journey of what I went through. It helped other people start to share theirs. And now, I mean, we, I spoke like 36 times last year and all around the country about this. And so I think like you might not necessarily know what your purpose is now, but I do think that the universe helps it show up for you. If you were to sum up in one sentence, my purpose is, what what would you say is just to help people live their best lives? Yeah, I think it's my purpose is helping people uh, lead their life with authenticity and intention. Yeah. And, and so what is it, you know, specifically, what made you realize that that is it? It actually was kind of a difficult uh, moment that happened, but I, um, I was sent to, so Keller Williams Realty is my brokerage and they're like the number one company in the nation. And they heard there was this young girl, she's under 30, she's doing big things. Let's bring her out to shoot a commercial and inspire other people uh, about real estate. So I, you know, I was at this point, I'm like speaking all over the place and I'm, I'm teaching people about how to build their business. And I'm talking about goals and ambition and all this stuff. And I go to shoot this commercial. And all I know is that I'm um, sitting down with a woman named Nina Rowan Heller. I know nothing about her. I find out later that she is an uh, international health and wellness coach. And she's coach Matthew McConaughey and the founders of Microsoft and all this stuff. So I go to sit down with her and, you know, hair and makeup's done, um, wearing a serious pair of Spanx to hide the 32 pounds. And I sit down to interview with her and I'm used to people interviewing and just asking, you know, so what do you do? And I say, well, I do this and I did this and I did this. And so the camera lights are on and she's interviewing me and I'm doing my, my normal answers. I always do. And she gets kind of a funny look on her face and she touches my arm and she's like, and how did that make you feel? Yep. And I'm like, feel? Uh, you know, bumps and bruises, but you do what you do. And then we keep talking and she stops me again. And she's like, and how did that make you feel? And I'm kind of thinking like, what the heck chick? Like you're messing up my flow. Um, then she asked the camera crew to step outside and my face kind of goes white. I'm not sure what's going on. And she says to me, uh, a quote that pretty much shifted my world. And this is why I'm so passionate about people being, um, authentic. Yep. She said, uh, Rachel, have you ever heard that your video isn't matching your audio? 
Yep, love that. Yeah. I mean, talk about game changer. Yep. And I was like, you know, at the time, I'm like, what do you mean? And she was like, I don't know if what you say you're doing, you're actually doing. And so it was this big kind of like come to Jesus moment of what am I doing? Like I do everything for everybody else. I have this huge business. I have this like great closet, but like what's behind it? Like what is that? What actually is the purpose of being here? Yeah. You know, and it was then I just, I, I, I literally, well, I cried for the next two days cause I never shot the commercial and she sent me home. <laughs> um, and then I, I had this really awesome opportunity to take, almost like take inventory of my life and say, okay, I know that I meant for more, but what exactly does that look like? And so I I started to like, look at who I surrounded myself with. And, you know, Jim Rohn has that quote that you're the sum of the five. Yep. And, and I just got really intentional about who I surrounded myself with. And then I started to set up like a morning routine and, you know, eventually started to add an exercise. And so I just, I got so crystal clear on who I wanted to be and how I was going to lead my life. And I, I literally said on Facebook, cause at that point I had like, I don't know, like 20,000 followers or so. And right. I just, I literally apologized to everybody. And I was like, you guys need to know that what you've been seeing is not really what's going on. And I'm going to take the next 90 days and I'm going to kind of unplug and really focus on myself. And I set up some rules and kind of guidelines around my life for those next 90 days. And I removed anything that was distracting me from being the best version of myself. And so much changed for me. For the benefit of the listeners, remind me what the you are the sum of the five. Yeah, so it's basically you're the average of the five people you hang around. That's what he's talking about. And so it says, you know, if you want to be, so take, for example, health, if you want to get in really good shape and you want to find those six pack again, and you know, you want to be aware of what you're putting in your body and you want to start thinking about nutrition and, you know, four of your best friends, they're like, let's go meet at, you know, the burger joint. Like, and if you want to go to the gym and you don't have anybody in your life that either exercises or you can talk to about fitness or that wants to work out, yep. like you have to think about if that's the average, if you're the average of the five people you hang around and you want this level 10 life in fitness, well, that brings down your average. But when you start leading your life at a really high level and you're intentional about what you're doing, who you're surrounding yourself with, how you spend your time, good stuff starts to happen. Can you tell us what it is that you do today? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, so I, at this moment, I own uh, four companies. I own three that are in the real estate space. And then I have, from my journey of personal development, I um, launched a book and program with Nina, the woman that interviewed me, called Lost to Found in 90 Days, Your Journey to Self-Discovery and Ultimate Happiness. Let me ask you this question from another angle. Are you today in your career where you thought you would be when you were younger? No. I thought that I was going to be a famous singer. I was planning on being Britney Spears. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Um, I, you know, I really didn't plan on my life heading in the direction I'm in now, like with, you know, having owning four companies and coaching and all these different things. Um, it's different. Like I never thought I'd go into real estate. Um, but my dad, my grandma was a real estate broker. My dad's a real estate broker. They always wanted me to go into it. And I was like, no, thanks. I'm going to get a real job. Ha ha. (laughs) Um, but I, you know, I think that like, life is a series of choices, right? And yep. so every day you have the opportunity to, to choose. And it's go, life's also going to knock you down. Like I did not ever plan on getting a divorce. That wasn't something I planned on. Yep. Um, 
but it happened. And so it's like, how do you choose to respond to what happens to you? Um, and I, I don't know, like, I, I think it's, it's just life is going to be one big roller coaster. And you just, I talk about bounce back ability a lot. And I thankfully am, am able to bounce back when life knocks me down and like, okay, that sucked. And so I get up. And so it's like, I, I always joke around with my team about that we fail forward, but we, we fail a lot, but we fail really fast and we're always failing forward. Yep. It's like, I'm not afraid of failing because I feel like then you're trying, you're trying new stuff. Like I've wasted so much money in marketing and business, but like shiny object disease. I'm like, Oh, that looks good. Let's try that. Well, that was expensive, you know? Right. Is singing the first thing you can remember you wanted to be when you grew up? Oh my God. Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, so my dad, the first 11 years of my life, my dad was on the road and he played piano for, um, like BB King and tower power. He was keyboards. Um, and so he was a big deal. So he traveled a lot and I, uh, we all had to play piano until we were 12 and then we got to pick a different instrument. I have two older brothers and I chose singing and it was, I mean, I'm not kidding you. It was my heartbeat. It was huge. You know, how are you thinking about this idea of singing as you're growing up? It there was no, it was non-negotiable for me. It yep. was like the only thing I was going to do was be a famous singer, and I didn't want to just be a singer. I wanted to be like on people's, you know, like a poster on kids' walls. And so, it, the good thing about having music as my upbringing is every good decision I ever made was because I wanted to be a singer yeah. and every bad decision I didn't make was because I wanted to be a singer. Right. I was like, like, you know, it kept us out. I mean, all of us, my brothers as well, but it kept me out of drugs. It kept me out of like all the different things I could have done or been influenced by. I was so clear on what I wanted to do with my life that I didn't, um, I didn't get into it. How do you engage with singing, let's say in high school and does it drive your college decisions? Oh, yeah. I mean, so I went to, um, so in high school, basically the way singing worked was I went to a very um, small high school that was very focused on music. Uh, My parents transferred us because of that. And so you start as a friend. So they actually start you in junior high with the uh, music. It was uh, the music teacher's wife. And then you transfer to high school and they're grooming you. So you start as a freshman and you basically your goal is to get to be the senior that gets to sing the national anthem right. uh, at the main football game. I mean, it kind of seems kind of silly now, but like in high school, that is everything. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I sang all through high school. It was choir was my focus. I sang at, you know, any sport game I could, whether, you know, it was like River Cats or, you know, wanting to audition for Giants, like anything I could do, I would sing. Um, and then, and you know, my dad played piano. So we were opening, I grew up right outside Napa. So we're opening wineries. My dad's playing piano. I'm singing. We're holding hands as we walk off stage. It was like the daddy daughter show. Like uh-huh. we killed it. <laughs> um, and then I moved to, I actually, um, I, uh, let's see, I applied to UC Davis or not UC Davis. I applied to UCLA and Sac State yep. and Sac State had the number one jazz acapella um program yep and so i went to sex state and i i went there for singing and i got into a group with six people i was the lead soprano um and i still was like singing zit this is what i'm gonna do um and then i tried out for american idol <laughs> okay and um so i tried out for american idol and it was i mean this is like okay this is it this is my green light like i'm gonna be famous here we go 
And, you know, I got to audition in front of the judges. And this is the very, very first season yep. um, with uh, Kelly Clarkson. Um, but I, I didn't I didn't make it. Yeah. I got kicked off because I didn't have enough of an edge. Um, I sang uh, at uh, Etta James at last was the song that I auditioned with. Yep. And I I'm not kidding you. It broke me. Yeah, I, mean, I I went home to my sorority house bawling my eyes out and I told my sorority sisters that I felt like it was God's way of telling me I was supposed to focus on my education. And I literally stopped singing for two full years. Couldn't watch the show. I mean, I was heartbroken. Yeah. Um, and I and then I, I switched my major to business. And to be honest with you, I've never I've never gotten back into singing like I wanted. I just at Christmas, I just actually made a video of me singing Silent Night on YouTube and posted it you know, just to my Facebook followers. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And now it's so different for me now because like I singing used to be the, the thing where like, I, cause I could, I'm all about connecting with others and I could connect with someone and they would feel so much emotion through, through my vocals and they would cry. Yeah. And I just remember thinking what a beautiful gift to be able to connect with someone on that level. And I never knew I would find that again until I, then when I got into real estate, I was able to like help someone find their dream home. Yep. And when they got the keys, I got the tear. Or when I started doing personal development and someone's getting, you know, someone's improving their marriage or they're finding out their purpose through my book, I'm like, okay, so there's such different ways you can connect with people. But yep. yeah, that's so funny you talk about singing. I haven't talked about that in so long. So when you think today, um, you know, you're doing coaching, you're doing real estate. Yeah. Um, and you compare that to singing, mm -hmm. what is the difference? And I'm going to ask you the feeling question, but what is the difference in how those things feel? Um, I think singing for me was like, I feel like, um, I feel like, and I hope it's okay. I bring up God on your show. Yeah, sure. Um, so I feel like God gives people gifts. And sometimes you don't necessarily know like what your gifts are or what they're for. And singing for me was a way that I could make people happy and connect with them. And then it gave me joy. So it was a way to connect with other people, but I didn't feel like it really improved their life. Um, with transitioning into what I do now, it's like with coaching my agents. So g getting all these different people you know, all over the place that are coaching with me, I'm able to actually affect their lives and affect their families and affect their future. Yep. And so I'm able to like find out what their goals are. Their goals become my goals. And I'm able to really like hone in and help them help change their lives. So it's, it's, it's a, it's very different for yeah. me because it's like, um, not to say singing like a selfish thing cause it's not, but I feel like coaching is much more selfless where it's so much about the other person and less about you. Selfless versus selfish. Yeah. Um, why is that bad? Why, why is it bad to be selfish? I mean, we're using that word more broadly, right? I mean, if, sing yeah. if singing is that thing that brings you ultimate joy, and like you said earlier, it is your heart and you you've defined that as selfish well it's not i i don't think i i don't think it's necessarily selfish i think just if you ask me how to compare the two yeah singing to that that's how i would say for me that's how it felt yeah um i i mean 
it probably, I guess in hindsight, maybe a wrong word to use. I don't know. It felt right at the time. Yep. Um, I, I think it's good to be, I mean, I'm all about, I, I talk about self care all the time. I think yeah. it's totally good to be selfish to, because like the thing is you can have the biggest goals you want in your life, but if you don't take care of you and your health and what makes you happy, you're never going to achieve the goals. You're never going to be like the person you want to be. Um, but for me, it was like, I, when I looked at singing when I was younger, I didn't really take into consideration a lifestyle I wanted to live. I didn't take into consideration the money I needed to have. And what I found as I was getting older is I did not have the desire or the drive to be a singer. If that meant living in a crummy apartment, not feeling safe, having no money, not being able to go get my nails done if I wanted to. Yeah. 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 The big shift for me was, I'm not, I don't, I'm not hungry enough for this for, to not have a lifestyle. And I was raised very fortunately to where I was, you know, my parents provided for us and they, and, and so that was a big thing for me. And so this dream of being a famous singer, when I really got into like aware of how much it costs to live and pay bills and be on my own, I was like, okay, maybe I should focus on something different. So there were a lot of pieces that played into it. But um, now, you know, singing for me, I'm like, now I'll be happy singing my kids to sleep. One question I often ask us is just to talk about what the financial, you know, what financial considerations, the impact the financial considerations have had Yeah. on uh, on their decision-making process. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's silly not to bring that up because it, it is, it's real life, you know, and life can be expensive. And especially if you want to go on vacations and, you know, um, like my, I, a big thing for me, I mean, I, I had a moment. (laughs) So I had a moment where I was maybe like five or six months into my career. And I just kept saying like one more, one more paycheck and I'll be okay. One more paycheck and I'll be okay. I was always a paycheck behind a paycheck Yep. and coming from a comfortable upbringing that sucks. Like that's right. uncomfortable. Um, and I'm thankful because I remember asking my parents, like basically like bail me out and they're like, Nope, <laughs> like you're on your own kid. Right. Um, and I had this moment where I needed to get to a showing and I, this is when I was still married and I was in a pretty unhealthy marriage at the time. Um, and I need to get to a showing. And I remember going to my ex-husband and I was like, hey, can I take your car? Because I walked out to my car and my gas light was on empty. And I know me. So that means it's been on empty for about two days. Right. And he was like, I'm, he's like, you know, I'm not driving my car because I don't have any gas either. I've been driving the motor or riding the motorcycle. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so our checking account's empty our bank accounts that we savings isn't even a word we could use. Yep. Um, and I was, so we went in the house and we scrounged around to try and find change. And this is money just to get me to a showing so I can show a house, you know, not even get, and I just remember sitting on the ground in my garage and crying. Yeah. And I was like, I never want to come back to this place. And we ended, we actually went on YouTube and looked up how to siphon gas from a motorcycle to a car. All right. And I mean, it's like having moments in your life like that, they're so difficult, but they're also so humbling. And like, I'm thankful that I had moments like that because now when I get to look at my life and I can, you know, learn about passive income and all the different opportunities that are out there, it's like, holy moly, you know, but everybody, everybody has moments like that. And I think it's, 
silly to see someone on a stage or look at someone, you know, with these big, big life and think that they didn't have stuff like that happen to them. My question then to you now is twofold. One is there are people who say they want to be singers mm-hmm. and, and they will sing no matter what. Yeah. Right. They will sleep on the sidewalk if they need to. Yeah. Why was that not you? You know what? I don't know. Something changed when I didn't get farther on American Idol. Yeah. I think that like I thought it, it it might be like young and being naive, but I thought that like I thought that I was it, man. Yeah. I was like, you know, and I, what is funny to me is I when it, when push came to shove, I did not have that drive for singing but I found that drive for real estate. Yeah. I mean, I'm door knocking 200 doors a week in the rain, three open houses a week, working seven days a week till 9 p.m. at night. I mean, that's the drive. If I really wanted to be a singer, that's the drive I would have needed to have, and I didn't have it. Yeah, and and, and so the drive then to knock on so many doors for real estate, is that a love of real estate drive, or is that a I need income in my life drive? It, at the time, it was both. Um, it was, I I don't like the position I'm in and I need to get out of it. And I, I felt like something magical happened when I was able to help somebody make the biggest financial decision they'd ever make in their life. Yeah. Like for me, it was like I got into the business because the idea of giving a 20-something their first keys to their new home I was like they're never going to forget that moment and if I'm the person that can help get them there like that's magical and it became like almost addicting and then I started to learn that I could make an impact in my community and I started to make like I, I created a tagline that was all about the community and I started to host events for the community and so I started to make my entire business about um giving to the, like just literally giving back. And yep. it, it was about what I could give, not what I could get. And of course I received, but I didn't make it about that. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is what life is about. Yeah. And connecting with people. And it, it just, it changed me. And I feel like it sort of like softened me. And it, that's when the ego went away. And I relaunched, my whole team fell apart a year before that. I relaunched the team and it was like, okay, what are your goals? what vacations do you want to go on? What are your kids' names? Like, I didn't even know my agent's kids' names. Right. And it was like, that's not okay. As a leader, that's not okay. So I went on this, like, mission on learning about leadership and all this stuff. And so it's like, you know, and, and the cool thing is, like, I haven't even scratched the surface. I'm like, I'm, I've been in the business five minutes, you yeah. know? And so it's it's interesting because it's like, who knows where life's going to go? I mean, this year for me is about, you know, planning my business, but planning a wedding and when I met my fiance, Ryan, it was the first time that my personal life came before my business because I was just grinding for like three solid years. So now that you're in this business and you just posted, had still had the desire to post that YouTube video. Yeah. Of you singing. Yeah. What is that? I think it just is like a little piece of me that I don't want to forget. I mean, it's, it's this connection piece to my heart. Like I, I used to, when I, I, I journal a lot and I would say that, um, singing was this little missing piece in my puzzle and I still, I still want it in my life. I just don't know how it fits in. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a, you know, it, I mean, you can say it's, it's a passion and I don't know what it looks like, but it's definitely something that I, um, that I miss and I, I really did love. 
is there a hope deep inside that somehow it goes further than where it is today? Um, the only thing I would be interested in doing is, huh, that's interesting. I would, I have like an answer I was going to say, but I think if I'm super honest with myself, I think it'd be fun to still have it in my life in some way, Yeah. but I don't know what that looks like. I would not leave my children to go travel on the road and be a singer, period. I mean, I don't even have kids yet, but I would not do that. I'm working right now on building my business and, and bringing people on into my company so that I can be present at home when I have kids and my family and my relationship will be number one. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how it will fit into my life, but yeah. I, it's still a little part of me that I love and I treasure and like my fiance and I talk about it cause he's like, I wonder if you could bring that back in. Cause we've talked about me like singing at a church yep. or doing something, but to, you know, put one night a week or something like that into a rehearsal or I don't know. We've talked about it, but I don't know what it looks like. Thinking back on your career to date and thinking Mm -hmm. back on your friends and family and colleagues, is there a consistent thread in the type of advice or counsel that people have sought from you throughout the years? You know, I've always been like the positive, positive influence or the positive thinker. Like I'm always like the glass is half full and how do we fill it up the rest of the way? Yep. So, um, I have a couple friends that affectionately refer to me as their rock. Uh-huh. And in my family, I'm also the person people come to when they need like sound advice. But I think they also come to me knowing that it's going to be real, but it's going to be a positive way to look at it. Like I don't, I don't do well with the the world's out to get me. My life sucks. Yep. Talk. I'm like, sorry, you can't be my friend. <laughs> you can't right. save my life. Um, so I think it's just real sound advice, but that with a positive spin on it. I always think there's a positive way to look at things. What kind of advice are they asking you for? Personal, usually. Personal. Like this is going on with my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. I'm not someone you'd talk to about financial advice. I'm not somebody you'd talk to about, you know, investing or any of that kind of thing. I'm more. It's more the this is going on in my life. What do you think? Or, or like career stuff. I, I'm thinking of doing this career change. What do you think? Yep. Timing, that kind of stuff. What would you say has been the highlight of your career to date? Honestly, I think probably one of the biggest, I, I don't know. Like I've gotten to speak on a bunch of national stages. Um, I'd say either hitting top 1000 in the country. That's pretty amazing. Or getting to build a coaching business. Cause the coaching business for me, it's a 10 week webinar series with like that. It's like, I get to pay my message forward, I yep. guess. Yep. Cause a lot of people believed in me when I felt like I was young and didn't deserve it, but they said they saw something in me. And so if I can help other people go through or avoid some of the bumps and bruises I had to get like that, that's pretty powerful. And is there anything looking back on your career that today you would uh, want to undo or somehow redo? The, the only thing, which it's not a sexy answer, the only thing is I would uh, uh, I would have watched my profit and loss a lot closer. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I spent so much money on things without doing research because someone told me it was a good idea. And I think it's it's way more important to actually research what you're doing before you just like shoot from the hip. 
Last question for you here. Knowing what you know today, how would you advise your younger self? Uh, I think the biggest piece is the importance of who you surround yourself with. Um, I think that, you know, when you're a people pleaser, which I, I am, and I definitely was even more so when I was younger, I would do things and say things to make someone else happy. And I would just, cause I wanted a lot of friends. I wanted as many friends as I possibly could have. And I realize now it's it's really about the quality of the people you have around you versus the quantity. Yep. And and I didn't know that then. I, I always I was like more is better. More is better. Right. And and now I'm I, less is more. <laughs> yeah. Love that. A fantastic way to close the conversation. Rachel Adams, I appreciate you taking the time and being very forthcoming about your uh, your journey to date. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited we got to chat and what a different type of interview. I haven't talked about singing in so long. So thanks for bringing it back. I'm sure I'll be dreaming about it tonight. (laughs) Thank you for tuning into this episode of Our Authentic Careers with me, your host, Gert Sabar. If you like what you just heard, I hope you'll let your family, friends, and colleagues know all about this little podcast. And since it's early days here at the OAC, your rating, and especially your review of the show on iTunes would also be hugely helpful and very much appreciated. If you think you or someone you know would be a great guest, please, 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 please don't hesitate to reach out at ourauthenticcareers.com.